Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Diary for a Mad Black Man. My name is Blake, your host, and today we are doing something a little different than I anticipated, especially kicking off season two of my podcast. But I guess this does kind of make it that much more special, huh? Anywho, um, so today's episode is going to really honestly be all about the coronavirus. <laughs> and my little commentary that I have about it, I wanted to, I'm going to share some resources and some links to some information that I have discovered online myself. Um, we're just going to talk about all this. I hopefully, um, this is entertaining and informative for you i do want to try to make it um a little lighter i got some good you'll you'll see you'll see i hope you enjoy the show and i hope you enjoy this intro music as well it is a little beat that's been circulating circulating online and i found it and i have it as my intro music for my podcast Maybe you won't see it at all again this season um, because, like I said, this is a different way that I wanted to start my new season. But I just this is this is where we are. This is what the season two diary next chapter next diary entry diary entry number twenty one. This is what it's giving. So this is what it's gonna be. Um, thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening and enjoy this good music real quick. I like it personally. So if you're in your car, you might want to turn it up a little bit because I'm pretty sure the bass is going to hit. That's what the intro music is given for the first episode of the new season. Um, but before we really get into the episode um, and talking all about all the coronavirus and everything that's going on, um, I just want to let you guys know that I do want to kind of beef up um, this community that I'm building and cultivating here. Um, I want to encourage each and every single one of my listeners that is listening to this right now to check out your iPhone because I know 75% of y'all that listen to this are listening to it on an iPhone right now, according to my data and analytics. But take out your iPhone while you're listening. You don't even have to stop listening to my voice. Go to your Instagram and go to Twitter. Matter yet, let's go to Instagram first. Follow, type in Diary of a Mad Black Man or type in Diary of a MBM, all one word, um, and follow my podcast on Instagram because I want to start putting out more dope content on the Instagram as well as take that same thing you just did. And go do that in Twitter, Diary of a Mad Black Man, or type in Diary of a MBM, and my Twitter will come up. And y'all, somebody come help me and coach me on these Twitter communities that exist and how to find these really dope people that be saying funny, hilarious things. Um, just, just help me get more involved and engaged in the Twitter platform. If you all can do that for me, I would really appreciate it. Um, I also want to let you guys know that I'm going to kind of like standardize some things because I want to kind of beef up the podcast aspect of my show because um, I really want to build a nice solid community here and I think that that's going to be a part of the new goal and mission uh, moving forward. So if you could just help me out on that, um, any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback can always be sent to BlakeTheMillennial at gmail.com. Again, that's BlakeTheMillennial at gmail.com um, if you want to send me any articles, resources, or anything like that. And also, if you listen to this podcast um, any more going forward, which, of course, I hope you do. I know you will because you guys are awesome people. Um, I forgot what I was going to tell you how to do. But I was going to tell you how to do something moving forward. Now, you know what I was going to say? I don't know why I was like gearing it up to be like something big, but it, it kind of is big, but... Just stay tuned and thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, even if you don't go follow me on Twitter or Instagram, I mean, I'm a little salty at you, but I'm not going to know. Like, I'm 
not gonna know, but I I do hope that you will go and follow me on Instagram and say, hey, I listened to your show, and you told me to come follow me on Instagram and Twitter, da da da. Like that would really like make my day. So I hope that somebody's gonna do that. I, I'm gonna, I'm putting this out into the universe, and it's gonna come back. I know somebody's gonna do it, and then I can shout you out on my podcast. Um, and yeah, um, that's about it for right now. Um, I'll also do like little segments um, throughout my show. So I mean. I guess I could just go ahead and jump into the show now. But I do have a sponsorship ad I'm going to play. But you guys are just going to understand the new flow of the show. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be just the same thing, but just a little bit, a little bit more dressed up, a little bit, a little bit more bougie, I guess you can say. Um, I don't know if bougie was the right term. Yeah, you'll get the idea. Thank you for listening. Let's get into the show after, again, after the sponsorship ad. All right, now let's get into the meat and potatoes of the show. Um, I think I say this a lot, but every time it comes to mind, I'm going to say it throughout the duration of my podcast, so get used to it because I just want to let you know that I appreciate you and thank you for listening to my show. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. And, you know, it just made me think of something like I really want all my listeners and the people who are part of my audience and who follow my show and support my show to understand that I really do appreciate you. And I'm going to say it so many times. And one of the reasons why I'm going to say it a lot and every time it comes to my mind, I don't care where my thought is going or where we are in the show. Um, I'm going to say it so many times so that way you all can truly begin to understand that and believe that. Um, it kind of makes me think of like how when my grandmother, um, growing up, that's one of the things I used to ask her was, why do you tell me you love me so much? Uh, why do you always say that to me? And she would say, because I never want there to be, and she, this is what her response would be. I never want there to be a doubt in your mind that I didn't love you when I'm long and gone and no longer here. I want you to understand that I always loved you and I'm going to always love you forever and ever. So I'm kind of taking some of those same sentiments here to my podcast and to you, my listeners, the people that are part of my audience, just to show my appreciation for you and to help you understand. I'm going to say it as much and as often as I can every time I think about it, because I truly do mean it and I appreciate you. And it's helping me to understand that my voice is valid, even though I mean, I don't necessarily need y'all to validate my voice, but I mean, it does add a sense of validity to it. It helps me feel supported, helps me feel encouraged. Um, and it helps me feel that uh, I'm still living out a passion of mine, which is to teach. And teaching is an art, you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't necessarily only happen inside the four walls of a classroom. Um, it's, it's, it's such a fine, it's, I consider it um, a practitioner of it and a lifelong learner and engager with it. Um, the art of learning and exchanging and sharing knowledge is something that is very special and precious. It comes in so many various forms and fashions and as I've stepped away from a, a career that I once thought was going to be my lifelong career journey path I thought it was gonna it, it felt like at one point in time for it to feel like it was such a part of me and for it to not be gone but now I've rediscovered my passion which is the art of teaching and sharing exchanging knowledge um it helps me to be more comfortable with where I am in life it helps me to be more comfortable with um, my podcast and what it is that I'm doing. And it's really been, and it's really helping me moving forward because I try to always think about that, keep that at the forefront of what it is that I'm doing um, as a little bit of encouragement for myself. Um, and I do appreciate you all. Well, I guess you didn't really allow me to share it with you, but I appreciate you all allowing me to share that with you. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's really cool. So I hope you guys, you know, I, I, I just want to do dope stuff with dope people and create healthy conversations that hopefully heal the black community, um, help black men become more vulnerable, honest, transparent, live in their truth like myself. It's a journey. Um, and, yeah, I'll get off that soapbox because um, I want to get into the show. And I know y'all are ready for me to start talking about this coronavirus. So, with that being said, there's going to be plenty more moments for, that, for those kind of things to talk about those things as well. But, anywho, so... COVID-19. Coronavirus! Yeah, this uh, virus that is going around that is creating a global... Well, it's not creating. This global pandemic that we are currently dealing with is a lot. Like, it's... Oh, my God. It's, it's just crazy. Like, I just... 
I'm trying to process and wrap my mind around it as well. Just like I'm pretty sure everybody else is. Coronavirus! Because, uh, yeah, it's scary out here, y'all. It's... Uh, you know what? Let, let's just get into the facts, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into this research that I have conducted for this show today. Um... So I was doing a little research online um, as well as really thinking about how I can do this episode um, and really speak from a place that was informative. Um, Also let you all know that I am terrified, terrified, petrified, scared. Like, yes, I'm all that and some, but I believe in the Lord and the higher power and all that good stuff. And I know that, you know, this too shall pass, but this is not something I want to live through right now, but I have no choice. So, with that being said, um, if you just go to the uh, CDC's website, uh, which is what I'm doing and I have done, um, just to get... Oh, my God. Who is it? I thought I turned this off. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, sorry. Uh, oh, my God. I'm not starting this recording over. I've already done that way too many times. Like, it's... You know what? Let, 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 let's just get into this. Um, so, um, according to the CDC's website, again, it's the CDC.gov. Um, all of the links to everything I'm going to talk about is going to be in the description box to this episode. Um, but basically, I've you know kind of perused some different articles. But I'm going to start here first and give you guys some, I guess you could say, facts, hardcore facts about the virus, what it is, where it, the history of it comes from. Um, in case nobody here is ready, because I know a lot of people, I mean, you can look at the news and media outlets and tell that there are a lot of people that are not reading the information that's out there. So, um, according to the CDC's website, um, novel the, a novel coronavirus is a new coronavirus that has not been previously identified. And so, there's different, like, families of viruses that exist out here. And so, this form of, a corona, of the coronavirus is a new one. That's why they call it novel, um, which means new. Um, and so this one is, like I said, a brand new one. They just named this one. Um, it says February 11th, 2020 was when the World Health Organization um, announced the official name for this new disease that was now being spread around. Um, something that I thought was very interesting um, here in the uh, on the CDC's website, it, it talks a little bit about how, you know, coronaviruses are a large family of viruses. I'm reading directly from here. It says some cause illnesses in people and others cause um, illnesses in like canines and felines or, or only infect animals. Um, and so basically, like this type of virus or this family of virus exists in many different forms, you know, and there are some forms of this virus that only is contracted or passed through animals, and there are some that only pass through humans. However, ra- on rare occasions is when, um, you know, the animal-bound coronavirus is transmitted through humans and is spread. And this is what the CDC says, and I quote, this is, su- this is suspected to, be, to have occurred for the virus that causes COVID-19. So basically what they're saying is that in the very rare times that a virus for animals, um, for specifically from the coronavirus family, um, is transmitted to human beings because it does happen, they say it's very rare. This is one of those very rare moments, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why it is a global pandemic right now. Well, I'm not going to say that's why, but it kind of just adds to Like when I first learned this, which was like a couple of days ago, I'm not even going to lie. But when I first learned that, I was like, oh my God. So this is not only like an extremely rare form of this virus, but it started with animals. Like it was in the, like, and then it all makes sense because it, when you know the history of or I've read some of the history, and I think it alludes to it here, or maybe one of the other vi- other articles that I talked about. Um, but it apparently started in uh, Wuhan City um, in the, oh, God, I hope I'm saying this right, Hubei, Hubei, Ch- Hubei Province of China. Um, again, the first some of the first infections were linked to a live animal market in Wuhan City. Um, however... Now the virus is being spread person to person. So just as I was saying, like, it's like this is clearly something that was only in animals. COVID-19. Coronavirus. Um, Coronavirus! However, it's here. It's in us. And so, um, 
Yeah, so more about this uh, website again. I encourage everybody to go and check out the CDC's website for what it says um, to learn more about how you can protect yourself if you're at risk and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it says, you know, there are people that are at higher risk um, for getting sick, which are older adults or people who have like a serious chronic medical condition or some sort of respiratory infection or some sort of pre-existing condition prior to contracting the virus. However, that doesn't that doesn't mean um, that anybody can't catch it because clearly people out here without any kind of pre-existing condition are contracting this virus. Yeah, it's a lot, y'all. So um, I encourage y'all to go to that website, check that out, um, look at the information there, and just educate yourself because there's a lot going on with this coronavirus right now. And there's also a lot of misleading edu misleading information out there. Um, a lot of information. I mean, there's just a plethora of information that you can go to or, or places that you can go through to get your information. There's just so much, so much, so much confusion, so much hysteria that's going on in the world. You know, people are freaking out, buying all types of stuff, you know, buying, you know, stores are running out of toilet paper and bread and meat. And I mean, ain't nobody buying no produce because I just came from the store and bought a bunch of produce. So I don't know why I ain't buying no produce. But um, I just I just think that, you know, the panic. It, this this is a dim a good indication of the panic that is going through people's minds as they all go and prepare to, you know, get stuff. And and I'm not saying that people shouldn't be freaking out because I'm kind of freaking out myself. Not even gonna lie. Um, but it hasn't rushed me to like go and like buy a bunch of stuff and like try to hoard stuff in my house so I can wait this thing out. Like, nah, I'm good. Like, I just you know, taking every each day each day one at a time. You know, I've been living like that for quite some time now, and I like it, and I'm going to stay there. I'm not going to even put myself in the mindset to go to the store and buy a bunch of stuff. And, like, I just I just feel like that's going to put me in a bad mindset. Because even going to the grocery store today, it just was, like, depressing. So, um, yeah, it was it was just just because you saw, you could just feel it in the air. You know what I'm saying? It was one of my first times going to the grocery store since... Um, since you saw like lockdowns and like schools closing and things like that happening, but, um, I've done a little bit of research on this and, um, I want to kind of talk about this stuff because I think there's some very, um, interesting information out there, um, surrounding this topic, you know, me, myself, um, there's also something I want to bring more to the podcast, which is I'm a researcher. I love to research. And when you hear the, when you typically hear the term researcher, you think of someone who sits in an office and has a PhD and publishes researched, well-known research and renowned articles for the world, which all of that may be true, but I consider myself a researcher as well because I'm a gatherer of knowledge. Um, that's really all I do um, is just sit and research stuff, look up different things and look up different information and how it's out there and just how it just I, I'm, I just never take anything at face value anymore and if you even if you know like the actual definition of research is like the the systematic investigation into um a study of like a materials or a source or or an or an event or like a bunch of facts you know what i'm saying like but i think me searching on google is pretty systematic you know it's the same method same system i am using <laughs> I'm just I'm just teasing y'all but but for real like I definitely feel that this information is valid and I know it's going to add some some it's going to be helpful information for you um and it's going to also take my spin and my point on it so um I hope you enjoy it as well um but yeah so some of the other things that I've been learning about this coronavirus um situation is that there is a relief package um that actually, as of like maybe I well, I checked the news like maybe like an hour ago or something like that, and it did show that it passed the house. Um, and so basically, that means that uh, there's a proposal um, that calls well, a part of the proposal, a part of this bill, the part that I like and I want to talk about is the part where they're about to um, send literally 250 billion dollars worth of checks directly to american taxpayers yes let me say that one more time 250 billion dollars worth of checks are about to be sent to everybody's mailbox 
The first is going to happen on April the 6th, and the second is going to happen on May the 18th. Now, um, there is some information um, in this article. Again, I, I read the, one of the articles I read was in the New York Times. That's in the description box. You can check that out. Um, it says that payments will be fixed and their size will depend on income and family size. Um, as well as um, it also says the proposed program is to increase loans to small businesses who would allow any employer with 500 or fewer employees to receive loans equating to six weeks of their payroll up to uh, $1,540 per employee. So um, there are some decent reliefs that have been passed through the Senate that are on the way to nine times five's desk to be signed. Um, I think that these are pretty decent things. Um, however, I just feel that the overall response to this situation has been very lackluster. You have some pockets of the United States that are on 24-hour lockdown right now. You have some pockets of the United States where it's like they have a curfew in place. You have some states in the country where all bars, clubs, restaurants, everything is completely shut down. And then you have other places like here in Atlanta where, I mean, if I wanted to go somewhere and have a drink, I probably could because I know that there are places that are open. And I also remember reading earlier that it said our governor has not yet enacted the mandate for all restaurants, bars, and clubs like that to close, Um, which I I I don't know. I don't know what the best move is. I'm not a politician. I'm not a country leader or anything like that. So I can't say what the best solution to this would be or should be right now. However, I just know that um, in doing my research and looking at these other countries and how they've been able to contain the virus and the spread of it um, has been from much more drastic nationally mandated measures um, versus like here in America, everything is kind of a state by state, locality by locality kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you just, it's, it's just a lot of up in the air, just, you just don't know kind of stuff. But I mean, the fact that they about to send us some checks, I mean, I guess that's okay, but it's like, I'm going to get a check, but where am I going to go? I'm going to be stuck in the house. Am I going to be able to go spend this check? Am I going to be able to go spend this check with some of my friends? Like, is it going to be safe to do that? Like... Come on now. So, yeah, I'm not um, not sure how I feel about that at this point in time. I mean, it's free money, though. So, hey, the, I'm, I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to be very thankful and appreciative for it. But, you know, whatever. Moving on. Um, so something else that I found was interesting was an article published in The Guardian um actually just the other day and it was talking about how you know schools in the united kingdom you know i gotta keep with the united kingdom it's like my second home because um, i got a lot of homes all over the world but you know i used to live there in college when i studied abroad shout out to my london blokes my london mates um but something that was very um interesting is how they said they're going to close they're closing schools um they close schools on they're going to close schools on friday um and they're going to close them until further notice um, however, their rates, like when I, when I look at their rates, it's, you know, very interesting because I think in the U.S. right now, there's like 440 something cases. And I think there's like a hundred and, you know, let me just pop back over to the CDC's website and see if it can pull it up really quick. Um, so it said, okay, cases in the U.S., I think it's going to tell me very quickly. Okay, so yes, yeah, so total cases in the United States is 7,038, and there have been a total of 97 deaths so far uh, with the coronavirus. Um, it has been reported in all 50 states and four territories, <laughs> including D.C., Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Virgin Islands. So yeah, but when you look at, when I looked at the article here that, of course, you can check the description box for, um... They've had 214,872 cases. Of those, there have been 8,731 deaths in the United Kingdom from the coronavirus. Um, there's another 800 and, well, another 83,205 that have recovered. I'm assuming that's fully recovered because if you add the numbers up, that means there's still a lot of people that are sick from it. But um, that's a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, to have that many people contract the virus, 
um, to have that many people have unfortunately passed away from this virus. Um, on the brighter side, um, that's almost 83,000 people that have fully recovered from it. So the odds are not necessarily stacked against you to pass away from this. It's actually more than likely that you're going to pass from it. I think that what's so unique about this virus is the high level, is, is how contagious it is and how quickly it is spread. Um, I think that's kind of what has put, you know, the world health systems on like, on on high alert and, and it's really stressing these systems because you have all these people rushing to ERs and it's like no you shouldn't be doing that so um yeah here in Georgia uh, specifically um it says health officials this is from the AJC um a recent article of course you know where you can find this in that description box uh it says health officials are reporting 197 confirmed coronavirus cases in georgia as of wednesday which is today i pulled this article um it's a lot of people i mean when you think about the entire state population it's like eh, it's not that many but eh, it's, it's enough i mean i think that there's so much i think also this is just a conspiracy theorist in me. I think there's something else behind this virus that they're not necessarily putting out in the media or something that maybe I haven't learned or been exposed to about the virus. Although I do have a family member that works in healthcare. She says, you know, this virus does damage your lungs. Um, so I think that there may be long-term effects of this. I don't know. I meant to hit her. I was in the family group chat earlier and saw that, and I meant to ask her more about it, and I haven't done that yet. So... Call me up, prepare, call me what you want, but it is what it is. Go find out for yourself. You know what? I, I just realized that I've been kind of coming at y'all a little sideways lately. I don't need to be talking to y'all like that. Like, let me check myself. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk to y'all like that. Like, go find for yourself. Like, that was that was rude. I apologize. Um. Anywho, back to COVID-19. Um, but, yeah, that's what also what this article says. It basically just says that most cases are milder. You know, they have milder, moderate symptoms. Um, the vast majority of people recover in a couple weeks. Uh, now, something else I did find interesting was they actually had a little bit of data. You know, I love data. Well, if you didn't know, now you do. Um, the adults that are under 60... They make up uh they make up a total of forty three percent of the confirmed cases. I'm assuming that's only here in Georgia, because this article was I mean just the format of the article is is like it's all about Georgia and our cases here, but um it does say that you know another thirty nine percent of those of people who have the coronavirus are over the age of sixty, um two percent are children and sixteen percent are unknown which I don't know how this unknown but whatever, um. It was just really interesting to hear how, you know, something that is has on on paper and based on numbers has had a greater impact on a place like United Kingdom. Yet here in Georgia, in this small state that I'm in, well, I don't know if it's a small state. I guess that's a very relative term when you're talking about states. But to know the the impacts that it's having here and to know these numbers are going to grow to also be hearing things and seeing things that you know the u.s is a little behind in testing people for the coronavirus and you know it's just a lot of just uneasiness surrounding what is happening this global pandemic that we are all experiencing um but yet it's interesting to hear how some of these businesses and industries are handling uh the things as well you know for somebody like myself i think about you know like what if i was what if i was still a teacher right now how, how would i be what would i be doing you know i don't know I'll be, obviously i would be a beast in the google classroom set up my classroom would have been set up since the first school so you know my students would have been ready and able to engage online but you know i think about you know like if i had a business you know i think about my ceo and how um you know, what she's going through, you know, being a small business owner, um, as of right now, but, um, what that must feel like to know that, you know, everything that you do or like, if all, if all you do is own is restaurants and all of a sudden all your restaurants have to close, like what's about to happen, you know what I'm saying? So I guess just, just that thought kind of just gives me a little bit of anxiety, but, um, it is something that I find to be interesting because, 
different companies, different organizations are doing things differently. Um, I found another article from the AJC that I thought was rather interesting to hear about how um, Delta Airlines is, you know, how they're, you know, dealing with this. You know, the airline industry is one of the hardest hit industries um, simply because nobody's traveling. You know, there's no international flights or anything happening. And this article here says, you know, they're cutting 70% of their flights. You know, they're parking nearly half of their planes right now. Um, another excerpt I took out is, you know, the um, the airline, like I said, it's going to park more than 600 planes and cut 80% of international flying over the next two to three months. 80%. That's a lot. That is a that is a solid B in most college classes. Like that's you know so that that's a large chunk. Um, it says all Delta officers will take a fifty percent pay cut through June thirtieth. Directors and managing directors will take a twenty five percent pay cut, and then board members um, will forego pay for six months. So. Um, it's a lot of cuts that they just have to come in one day and just decide, look, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was a tough meeting to have to know that you're about to cut 50 percent of somebody's pay. But then it's like if you're that high ranking in Delta, like I think that you you would think again, this is just me, in my opinion, that people who have been making that amount of money, who have been in that role for X amount of time, you think that their safety net their security net is a little bit stronger than somebody like myself who just really got back on like in the past like month and a half <laughs> so i mean even then it's a slow on you know what i'm saying but i mean it's a whole other conversation but i just you know i know that people are concerned about money bills i mean their entire financial future um the economy is crashing right before our eyes um, the Dow was plummeting. This is a great time to invest. I mean, I certainly want to take some time tomorrow. I would just put it on my calendar that I'm going to take some time to figure out how I can buy some of these stocks. Because if the stock for Delta just plunged 50% in the past month, oh, when all this coronavirus stuff gets back underway and all these people start booking these flights again for these festivals and traveling and people going back on these vacations and stuff, oh, those stock prices are going to go right back up. This is probably one of the best times to get into stocks in the stock market because people are selling stuff like crazy. Excuse me. Because there's a there's an uncertain future in the economy right now. They're talking about these are some of the worst days since the recession in two thousand eight. And it's like, ooh, it's kinda it's kinda bad. Really bad. But um the last little thing I wanna leave you all with um, as we talk about the coronavirus, um, is an interesting article that popped up on my feed today, also from the AJC. Um, and it's about a Georgia Department of Corrections employee that has tested, tested positive for coronavirus. And this is the first confirmed case within any of the state's 34 prisons. Now, I can only imagine what it's like to be in jail more than 12 hours because I've been in jail for 12 hours. That's the longest I've ever been. But to be in jail in the midst of a pandemic and to know that a pandemic could be swarming through a jail, like, and no, and just even the sheer idea of not even the idea, cause it's not an idea, the facts of how prisoners are treated the health care, the lack of health care and resources that prisoners would probably receive, the fact that this could hit these prisons and people are in, literally in cages and this virus is going around. Like, this is, I just, that idea just really makes me want to cringe. And it's because it's just really just, oh, I just couldn't imagine. You know what I'm saying? And then. At the same time, you also have to think about all these kids that are out of school. You know what I'm saying? I think, I want to say, don't get me wrong, so don't quote me on this, but I want to say the New York governor was the one who said that our public education system is the nation's daycare system. And to a certain degree, I have to agree, because there are some people right now that are struggling to get childcare for their children. There are some people right now who could not afford or don't have people to watch their children. There are some people who 
could go to work, who want to go to work, but can't because they don't have anybody to watch their kids. You also have families that now are going to, like some, I, I it's just reading some of the things that are happening like with the schools, like here in Atlanta, like they're still, and I think a lot of other places that their schools are closed. You know, a lot of times, these are the only meals that kids are getting. This is one of the reasons why when I was a teacher, I was so again like i just i doing the things that just that i despised about public education was the nutrition that we what we were feeding these kids what we were feeding our children like it just it bothered me because this is the fact for some of these children for some of the children that go into these public schools in america those are some of their meals for the day that they get meaning that if they don't get the breakfast they get when they get there if they don't eat their lunch they're not eating at all and I've had students who I've dealt with that, where the only way that these that this child was eating was at school. Um, that was, you know, and that, and that's, whew, that's a whole other conversation. That just hurt my heart just remembering that and talking about that. But like I said, a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, y'all, it's like, it's like I am legend, real life, no Will Smith right now. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm trying to make light of the situation, but it's very, very serious. Like, this is a very serious situation that we are dealing with. Um, I, myself, um, just went and bought some food for the week, and at least to make it to payday. Um, I will not be hoarding a bunch of anything. Um, however, what I will be doing is I'll be occasionally going out to the grocery store, getting food, and returning back to the house. Um, because I just, I, I feel that I'm going to need that avenue or reason to leave the house. Um, but I also don't want to just stockpile a bunch of stuff. I just, I just, I just don't see the point in that knowing that they're still going to provide us food. Like the grocery stores are not closing down. I mean, I know some stores are getting very limited hours. There's some places that are like invoking curfews and stuff like that. But I think at those times, when those points happen, you know, it'll be much easier to go or justify going to buy a week's worth of groceries versus the next few days. So that, that that's how I'm handling things over here. Um, so, yeah, y'all, um, I hope this was an informative podcast for you. Um, I really did not want to open my podcast season two with talking about but here we are and i found it to be important because i couldn't wrap my mind around any other topic per se um i knew i wanted my first episode in my next season to be a solo episode with just myself um some of the topics and recordings that i attempted to do it just didn't flow right with the state of the way we're all living and I know that this is a podcast. I want to, you know, remain and continue to grow more true to that aspect of what this is. But at the same time, it's a diary, yo. Like, this is my diary. It's not perfect. It's not, I'm not doing this for streams, downloads, or anything like that. I mean, I've, I've, I've come up with ways that I think I can, you know, hopefully generate some decent income from this. But that's, you know, long term, you know, things I have to build and create over time. But um, at the end of the day, I'm doing this because it's become a hobby of mine and it's a therapeutic hobby to a certain degree, as well as um, this is my life. Like everybody's going through this, you know, it's not just me, but this this is affecting me. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been at home working from home since Monday, um, which I'm not complaining at all. Um, but I do like, I really like my coworkers. Like my coworkers are dope. Like I really work in a fly the, okay. The best way that I can explain to you all about my work environment that I work in right now is it's like, okay. It equates to about a hundred thousand dollars a year. Put, I, I, if I had to put a dollar amount on it, the, the work environment that I am, am in is worth $100,000 a year. Meaning that if, like, for example, I would, like, even, like, my salary I have now, um, I'm going to be honest, being a teacher, I actually made more money. But if I'd have found this job, 
while I was teaching, I'd have quit teaching and went directly into this job and started. And it wouldn't have been no gaps in nothing because my work environment is very important to me. That's something that I've learned um, <laughs> since being a teacher um, and working in various, you know, corporate settings, professional educational settings. Um, I know the environment, who you work with, um, how you guys work, the work that you do. Um, the kind of cultural background that typical people from, you know, that typical people in the restaurant industry, you know, who they are, you know, most people don't have, you know, like, for example, like, I, I mean, it doesn't like, it means something, but it doesn't. But in my mind, this is just where I am. You know, like me having a master's degree, like it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make me better than anybody else, you know? Um, but that's what I love about the restaurant industry and the job that I have now, because it's not about what you have or your qualifications or anything like that. It's more about getting the job done, being successful at it, and it's really there's a there's a huge fun turn up component to my job, and I just I really love it. I like I like my office. It's very relaxing. It's very chill. There's always some Erica Badu playing in the background. Like there's bean bags and stuff. Like I miss my office. Mm, I might have to go there this week just because cause it's open. But I mean, clearly I'm gonna work from home because I've been told to work from home, and everything I can. I mean. Whatever. I just miss I just miss going to work and being around my people. Like my coworkers, they they're just so dope. Like I work around a bunch of really dope people. Like they're just amazing. They're phenomenal. They're inspiring. They're creatives. They're creators. Like I'm a creator. So being yeah, I miss it. Um But yeah, so I've been working from home. You know. Um I had a therapy session yesterday. Yesterday, Wednesday, Tuesday. Yep, I had a therapy session yesterday online. Um, I felt it was extremely productive. I was a little skeptical at first because I'm like, I'm basically paying to FaceTime somebody right now. But obviously they have degrees and credentials and my therapist is freaking amazing. Um, something I want to share with you guys from my therapy in quarantine. Because <laughs> it, it, I mean, it does have something to do with the coronavirus. It's not to do with that right now um, because the reason why it wasn't face to face is because of the outbreak. But um, we were really talking about relationships, and I mean, honestly, we spent the first like 15, 20 minutes talking about, you know, how I'm dealing with coronavirus. Am I creating new routines? She suggested I create new routines, like just stepping outside and, you know, exercising, you know, getting up at the same time or, you know, doing things to kind of create a new routine so it's not all about being quarantined in the house. But we really began to dive into, like, my relationships and, like, the people around me um, because I, I, I saw her previously, so she got a little bit of background. So it's like catching up with an old friend. You know, this is like my second session in with her. Um, this go round, but I'm scheduled out for three months. So this is going to be, you guys are going to hear more about my therapy sessions and the things that come out of it and all that kind of stuff. But anywho, um, we were talking about my relationships and she specifically asked me about the relationship with my grandmother because she's somebody I've talked a lot about in my therapy. And she asked me, you know, what made me feel secure in that relationship with my grandmother? And I've never been asked that question before. And it was like, so I had to really think about, well, because in my mind, it's always just been, this is my grandma, I love her. But when I had to really process, you know, what that sense of security was, and I had to articulate it, which basically for me, it was that I, I mean, I'll, I'll share with you guys, um, which I'm going to always do, but maybe not all the time. There's some stuff I'm not going to share with y'all. Like, I'm just keeping a buck with y'all. Like, some stuff I'm not going to share, but majority of it I am. So. One of the reasons why I feel a sense of security from my grandmother is because I felt safe in her space. I felt that I could talk to her about pretty much anything um, and that it would never, the conversation would never go left, um, especially towards the end of her life. We became so much closer. Um, she became much more open to you know, the things I was experiencing doing in the world, like living in Miami, going to the beach, going out, you know, she was, you know, 
I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say she was interested in it, but she was very intrigued by it. She, she and I would share her stories about you know the things I was doing and going to the clubs and the different things I was seeing, experience. But anywho, she gave me a sense of security by always giving me a safe space to be around her. Um, she also showed me that she loved me unconditionally, which was. She was very, there were many, 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 many times where I saw my grandma extremely vulnerable. There are times where she has humbled herself and apologized to me for things she has done. She has cried to me about things that I know how she's felt and, you know, the things she's experienced, you know, as a woman, as a black woman in the 60s and the civil rights movement and with white people. And, you know, I could go on and on and on, especially now that I'm talking about it, I'm in my podcast creative mode, but. My therapist brought it back and she was like, well, this is because you're from basically because my grandmother was one of the most was the most important person, one of the most important people in my life ever. The security that I got from that relationship is the same sense of security that I seek in other relationships. That kind of took me back because I was like, huh? What do you? And I sat and I thought about it, you know, Um, and I found it to be true. I do want to be with somebody that I could just be myself around. I do want somebody that is over, not overly affectionate, but that is affectionate with me. That's something my grandmother was never shy about. She told me she was going to always hug me, always kiss me on my cheek and always just show her love to me, you know, in in, in some of the most beautiful fashions and ways and in some amazing memories that I'll always have. But anywho, that's what I seek for in other people. And to hear her tell me that I was like, huh? Because at first I was like, no. But then I was like, mm. And then on the ride home, I was like, you know what? Well, not on the ride home, but after in like reflecting and talking about it, like after my um, session with her, you know, when I kind of sit back by myself. And usually it's the ride home that I sit and really reflect on everything that's talked about in the therapy session. But this one, I was able just to kind of sit and just be, but anywho, um, it made sense. And it also made sense. when we talked about some of the other relationships that I don't have a sense of security in, or, you know, I, you know, I've shared some information with her about, you know, my family background, you know, the dynamics of my family. She pretty much knows, a good deal of my family dynamics and how I interact with the various family members that I'm still in touch with to this day. And some of the reasons why I don't feel secure in some of these relationships are some of the same things that I see as red flags in relationships. You know, like one of the things that um, my my first love, my first true love, adult love, I guess you could say, um, the woman I was with for over seven, eight years, um, she did used to remind me of my mom a lot in good ways and bad ways. And the bad ways were equal to the ways that they reminded me of my mother. So it's like, and I even remember us having that conversation one time. She was like, ooh, that's not good. That's not good. She was very intuitive when it came to kind of the relationship knowing how to operate work with other people like getting inside somebody's mind she was good at that so she kind of latched her little things on me early in my early in our relationship but anywho um but I also at the conclusion of our therapy session um you know I was kind of telling her that you know I don't necessarily I, I think what I want um right now is I really want companionship I really want a go-to person. I don't necessarily need to be in a relationship with you. I don't necessarily need to, you know, be intimately involved with you, but I need a regular everyday go-to person that I can just really rock with and talk to and vibe with and be with. Because for up until my grandmother's passing, she was that person. You know, I, yeah, of course I was engaged at one point and, you know, I was living in Miami at one point. I was away at one point, but no matter where I was in the world, she was nothing but a phone call away. You know, there was times where it was three o'clock in the morning. I called my grandma and she answered, you know what I'm saying? So, um, that was another level of security that she gave me was the fact that she was always there 
for me, um, no matter what, through thick and thin, ups and downs. You know, we had our moments, we had our issues, but we always came back together. So it was very interesting. And, you know, I, I did kind of share this with her because at a time like this, when it feels like the apocalypse is upon us because of, yeah, um, it would be really nice to have somebody to come home to, to, to ride this out with. Like, if we gon' if this house is all gonna go down, like, okay, babe, let's go ahead and get some of our good snacks we like. Let's go ahead and, you know, get our house together and let's rock it out. Let's get some movies. Let's get some games. Let's get some little, you know what I'm saying? Like, just somebody that you can live and enjoy life with. And that's ultimately what I want. So whether that's a friend, a romantic partner, however it may come, I think I think that this is, he said, she, and now it's also remember, reminding me that she, I think she said something like this is the reason why a lot of people have pets because pets give that same consistent love, validation, and sense of security. I need it on a consistent basis, like an everyday kind of thing. And I know it's going to take time. To build that and to get that, especially to the level of my grandmother. Um, and I'm also at a point where it's like I'm very optimistic about the future, but in reality, I also know that nobody's going to. I mean, you can't. I'll never be able to replace the love that my grandmother once gave me. I'll never be able to replace the sense of security that she gave me. Um, it, it's just not like anything that I received from her could have only come from her. And I'm happy to be at that place. I'm happy to have arrived, to have arrived at that realization. Um, and it does make me feel a little bit better about her not physically being here. You know what I'm saying? I also know that um, I need to find ways to connect with her. You know, I really need to go to Texas to get my stuff out of storage that has a lot of the sentimental things that she gave me um, that were hers, her Bible and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I really want to go get that stuff. So I'm going to go do that soon. I don't know when, especially with this. Coronavirus! Yeah. Um, y'all, I really don't have too much else to talk to, <laughs> to talk about with y'all right now. Because um, I have other episodes planned. I have other amazing things that I want to bring to the show moving forward. So, um, again, I just want to, you know, encourage you all, please go follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Let me know that you all like the show. Let me know what you don't like about the show. Um, you know, send me information. Like, one of the things that you can expect here moving forward um, is just about every single episode is going to have some sort of resource or link in the description box, either to an article, a video, or some sort of information. Like, I want to... Um, really begin to beef that up over the course of me doing my podcast journey um, because there are going to be many times you know I want to try to have as many guests on my show as possible moving forward like every episode I would like to be having a different guest but specifically on the episodes that I don't have guests they'll be similar to today in that they'll have a lot of links in the description box a lot of information that you can go and look at for yourself um, because it does add some validity to what it is that I say um, today it just today was like my first real run with it especially talking about and you know and just the all the effects that it's been having because my mind and, and just trying to wrap my mind like it's still just like too much for me at sometimes you know what i'm saying like just to think that there's a global pandemic happening right now um it's it's scary man like it's it, it is and and, that, and and i'm allowing myself to feel that scent that feeling um but at the end of the day i know how i believe i know i'm going to take care of myself i know i'm going to be healthy i'm very optimistic that it's going to be okay we're going to get past this we're going to be on the other side of this and you know, in a couple of months, we'll be talking about coronavirus, you know, and how that thing, you know, really turned everything upside down. But um, it's, it's going to be OK. You know what I'm saying? But the feelings are OK. I'm a human being. So that's all a part of what this is, you know, finding a safe space to say I'm scared. I am because I don't want to get the corona. OK. But um, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm going to encourage you to wash your hands, keep some hand sanitizer on deck. And just stay safe and take care of yourself, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you again for tuning in. Um, see y'all next time.